African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. It's 1100 hours Central African time. Good morning to you all, Channel Africans. It's the 30th of April, 2021. This is African Dialogue. Thank you so much for joining us. You're coming, we're coming to you live from the SABC headquarters in South Africa, Johannesburg. Listen to us on the DSTV audio bouquet. We're on Channel 802, or you can live stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za. Coming up on the program after the news, on our first segment, we speak to Michael Shingange, who is the first deputy president of the Congress of South African Trade Unions. This is ahead of May Day tomorrow. Then we go to what's trending with Dumelo Zulu, a lot in store, uh, especially after the appearance of President Sil Ramaphosa at the State Capture Commission of Inquiry. Then we go to zooming into the African continent, and today we're taking you to Mozambique. On our last segment, on our money segment, we look at how to get out of personal debt across the globe every second there's always a breaking story what we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people the government concurs with the views of the black economic empowerment council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on black economic empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at Netlet to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were experience and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Thank you for choosing African Dialogue. We're coming to you live from the SABC headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. Listen to us on the DSTV channel. We're on Audio Bouquet Channel 802. You can also live stream us on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za. On to our first segment of the Friday edition of African Dialogue. On the 1st of May, South Africa will enjoy Workers' Day. Workers' Day celebrates the role played by trade unions, the Communist Party and other labor movements in the struggle against apartheid. According to Statistics South Africa, more than 500,000 people lost their jobs between December 2019 and December 2020 when the country underwent different levels of lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic. As South Africa prepares to mark another Workers' Day tomorrow, we speak to the first president of the Congress of South African Trade Union, Mike Shingange. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us and good morning to your listeners. Uh, Mike, how have you been keeping um, as a worker yourself over the past year? Well, it's been very difficult. Um, 
has been very difficult. Uh, uh, we will have to contend with the danger of uh, contracting this deadly virus, the coronavirus, in, through public transport that you get into the transport intersection when you go to work. Uh, myself, personally, and many of my colleagues have been victims of having contracted this virus. But after that, you have to get up and go back to, to work again, even when you are not yet uh, fit. Mm. Uh, it has not been very easy. We, in terms of our virus uh, sectors of our industries, we have seen our some of our colleagues lose their lives. We have seen some of our colleagues uh, lose their jobs. We have got uh, fewer workers today than we had uh, a year ago because of various uh, circumstances associated with, with, uh, with this uh, pandemic. So it has been a very difficult uh, year, uh, to be honest. Mm. And, and like you're saying yourself that many of you, even after you had contracted the COVID virus, you had to pick yourselves up and go to work. If, if you speak on a general terms, you know, some of the circumstances that workers find themselves in, um, Bramaik, the reasons why they have to go to work, even when um, it is not, uh, you know, perhaps a, a good idea at the moment, but because of the, the conditions they are in or the circumstances, they have no choice. Can, can you talk to us a bit about that? Yes, it's a multiple of, of factors. One factor is that obviously employers, uh, they will want their business to, 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 to proceed. They will, employers will want uh, to, to, to make money. Otherwise, uh, they, will, they will close shop and they will demand that their employees must come to work. Secondly, the workers themselves, they will, they will know that uh, uh, there was no choice to stay at home because otherwise they're going to lose their jobs. In fact, even those who were asked to work from home, if possible, they were very skeptical to work from home because they were afraid that their job could be replaced by somebody else. Some industries are such that uh, even if uh, uh, the, the business doesn't close, but for as long as you are at home, it means you are not making any income. So if the workers need to force themselves to go to work in order for them to put their bread on the table. For instance, you find that in a family of five, if you are working between three or two, one of your family member will not be working because of the industry works in. So the one that uh, maybe the public sector or is in the mining who's supposed to go and work must not uh, provide for the rest of the family members who have either temporarily lost the job, terrorizing income, or have permanently lost job because of the 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 the, 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 the industry has closed due to COVID-19. So that's uh, the, 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 some of the issues that will force workers to go there. But uh, you will know that the big industries, the big corporates, mm. uh, are the ones who didn't really close for a very long time. And uh, they demanded that the employees go back to work because uh, on the one hand, the economy needed to go uh, on. Uh, on the other hand, the, uh, people needed to get uh, basic amenities like food. And therefore, certain uh, industries needed to be, or stay open. And those, but for them to stay open, they needed workers to be, to be present in the workplace. Mm. But you have also industries like the, the, the public health, that uh, uh, it is only through them that uh, we, 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 we can entertain any hope of ever defeating the coronavirus. Those workers never had a, 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 an opportunity not to be at work because they're the ones who are supposed to, to, to defend in the nation uh, against this pandemic. When you look at um, the past year, uh, Bramaik, what would you say are some of the highs and some of the lows, um, looking just at the overall situation of workers, also obviously adding to the fact that we, were, we are still in this pandemic? 
look, unfortunately, the the employers uh, who have always wanted to uh, deal with workers for one way or another, they took advantage of this pandemic. They rushed to retrenching workers and blame the coronavirus as a reason. They, they, they rushed to curtail the, 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 the workers' earnings and blaming the, the pandemic for as a reason. Uh, those who were asked to work from home, some of them were replaced by escape laborers. A lot of workers have been subjected to unfair labor practice with no recourse because some other industries will have been closed. We, will, we have seen the government, uh, through the budget, uh, re- cutting the, the, the budget for the CCMA, where CCMA is the institution that workers rely on, that in, during the time of massive retrenchment or unfair labor practice, they rely on them for, 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 for records. But the, uh, at the moment, CCMA is not in the position to appoint uh, commissioners that are supposed to adjudicate on this massive retrenchment that workers are going through. So by that way, workers were, were, were found to be very vulnerable. Unfortunately, you have seen the, 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 the healthcare workers, the community health workers who are doing doing massive screening and testing uh, of the of the of the, uh, the of the communities not being permanently employed by the government particularly the department of health you have seen these healthcare workers themselves contracting these diseases dying uncompensated uh, even though we have been demanding that uh, workers are supposed to be compensated for the for the danger they expose themselves by going around in the in the in the, in, 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 the, in the communities there you know now that uh, we, 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 we think that uh, there's an, an assault on the collective bargaining in this country where the government is leading an onslaught by undermining the collective bargaining and actually walking away from the agreement that they've signed, which prompted the private sector employers, uh, retail sector, mining sector, to follow suit because government have shown, uh, they've, they've led by an example. They've taken collective bargaining to court now for the court to decide whether collective bargaining in this country is constitutional or it's legal, which is a very strange decision by government. If you consider the fact that we thought this democratic government will know that one of the fundamental rights of, of human rights was the workers' right that was fought for by the people of this country. So those are some of the highlights or lowlights, if you like, that during the most precarious health and economic crisis, mm. you still see workers being subjected to this uh, onslaught by both employers in the public and in the, in the private sector. Mm. And and when you when when you look at uh, also the situation and how workers uh, remain marginalized uh, in many areas, and you were saying that uh, most were also vulnerable, do you think that uh, there are ways that workers can regain time lost in whatever industry that they were in and they may not be working at the moment? Look, something needs to be done in terms of getting the economy up and running again. And that way, we're going to make sure that we uh, increase the number of employed people in this country because fewer people are working today because of... Okay, let me not say because of coronavirus, because you will remember mm, that mm. even before COVID-19, before, yes. our economy was actually downgraded mm, to junk status, mm. and the, 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 the employers, I mean, uh, unemployment was going high, workers were losing jobs now and then. So uh, what is called post-COVID, uh, new economy, new normal, it's something in my view that uh, needs to be a collective effort of South Africans to rebuild the economy that responds to the crisis we are, we are, we are facing. 
And uh, I will say to some that are still working and are belonging to the labor movement across, irrespective of the federation, it's time to for for for, for the workers to unite, irrespective of the of the color of the T-shirt they they, they wear, because they, they, the hardship that they are facing workers are the hardship, hardship that does not know any color or any name of the union. The fact that uh, collectively all the multiple unions that are in the country are still organizing only about 27% of the workforce shows that uh, there are many workers out there that do not have uh, are not organized, and therefore we need to unite in order to at least confront whether it's public or whether it's government or it's private employees. It doesn't look like there's anyone who's going to give workers what they deserve uh, on a silver platter. The workers have to go out there and get there, protect themselves, protect their jobs, protect their right to quality bargaining, mm. uh, protect themselves in terms of the of the right to, to, to earn a living. And then they can advance their economic interests. Mm. Do you think that uh, the numbers have dwindled over the years of those representations uh, for workers? And, and what could be the reasons? Well, the reason, I mean, many, many what we call white-collar workers, they will think that perhaps uh, they, they can just do on their own. But uh, on the other side, it would be perhaps the capacity or the ability of workers to, re- I mean, of unions themselves to, 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 uh, to, to appeal to the workers, particularly the young workforce that is entering the workplace, that uh, they need something that appeals to them, but also the capacity to, the capacity to, 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 to represent and defend the interests of workers. That could be one of them. But of course, uh, the fact that uh, we, we, we're also losing jobs on a massive scale. Uh, it also demoralizes uh, some some that would think that workers unions are actually the protections that uh, should be offered by the unions. And that's the voice of COSATU's first deputy president, Mike Shinganga. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue having uh, a discussion with him ahead of uh, May Day tomorrow. Follow Channel Africa on these social media platforms. On Facebook, Channel Africa One. On Twitter at Channel Africa One and YouTube on Channel Africa Radio. Our website www.channelafrica.co.za. Channel Africa from an African perspective. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NetLab to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussion have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were periods and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. 
Welcome back to African Dialogue. I'm, I'm in conversation with uh, Kosatu's first deputy president, uh, Michael Shengange, looking ahead for May Day, which is tomorrow. It celebrates the role played by trade unions, the Communist Party and other labor movements in the struggle against apartheid. Now, uh, Bramaik, also, it's, it has been a tough year all round for many industries. Uh, for you, which industries do you, do you think still need a lot of support to get back onto their feet? Well, there are quite a number of them, but we think that the the, the manufacturing uh, uh, industry is one that was uh, affected because uh, even when uh, we had an opportunity to strengthen it at the time of uh, COVID-19 by strengthening to produce locally the protective clothes, we didn't do so. What we did, we went to uh, abroad. We imported uh, PPEs from China, from Canada, and everywhere else. And that uh, industry then took uh, a nosedive in terms of, uh, of, of production. The, the retail sector is one such, uh, such, uh, such an industry, even the mining sector. So there are a number of the, 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 the sector that have been affected that uh, needs to be assisted because firstly, there are also a, 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 what we call the labor-intensive and the, the key driver of the economy in this country. We think those are the sectors that we, we, need, we need to focus. But the farm, the, mm-hmm. the, farm, the farming sector also, mm-hmm. it has always been a vulnerable sector. Uh, it has always been a vulnerable sector, and we think that the the, the, the pandemic could not have uh, came at the worst time for them. We think that uh, it also needs to be looked into. If we can strengthen those, at least what we call rural economy will 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 will, will take off because the intervention of the state uh, during the, the the pandemic economic was when they were making what is called stimulus package mm. was not speaking to the, the small uh, uh, economy or the rural economy the, 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 your, 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 the, the ones that are at the, at the rural areas it was speaking more the bigger bigger corporates which are well off they've got enough reserves that uh, this was that once they were forced to close for a week then when they were closed for a week, then that industry will never recover again. We need to do something about such uh, uh, businesses. Mm. When did your passion for, for workers' rights begin? Myself? Yes. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> well, it, it began when uh, I, was, I was actually not even yet a worker myself, as I was struggling in, the, in schools and in my young age. I used to follow the the politics of the the labor movement and uh, the politics of the the communist party, as you correctly said, and the politics of the of the liberation movement in general. That is why it became uh, because I joined the, the the liberation movement at a young age before the before the dawn of democracy, and uh, it was uh, it was given an automatic that when I went to work. Uh, I, I joined a, a, a union called National Education Health and Allied Workers Union, which is Nihau. Uh, having been a, a student activist myself in schools, I was in SRCs, so we were orientated like that because <clears throat> when we were fighting for the, 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 the struggle for the liberation, one of the constituencies that was constantly mobilized was the workers. When we needed to do what is called uh, stayaways and boycotts and strikes, it was the community and the workers. So I was orientated that we must combine the community struggles as well as the workplace struggles. That is why we knew that before you go to work, you are a community member first, so you must join the community movement. But when you go to work, you must go jo- join the labor movement. So when the workers in this country had no right uh, to, to bargain, 
we knew that we needed to fight so for the workers to have the right to bargain. When the workers in this country did not uh, have a right to strike, we knew that we need to, to, to get that right uh, enshrined in the labor relations of, of this country. And, 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 and when the workers in this country were working long hours per day and per, 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 per week, we needed to make sure that we, we standardize uh, along the lines of the origins of the May Day, which was fighting for a 40-hour working week and an eight, and eight working day. So that's the, the, the kind of uh, the, the passion that developed in me at a young age. Mm. And uh, everywhere else where there's injustice, one feels that it needs to, to stand up and be active to, to fight and, and defeat such. Mm. Why is it important that this fight is not abandoned? The what? This fight for workers' rights is not a ban because you know uh, workers always say aluta continua. So <laughs> you know, you know, just I'm just thinking of the context behind it. You know, why is it so important that the fight is not abandoned? Because every time in the history of the uh, the development of societies, every gains or every right that is achieved or is gained, it has got the potential of being reversed. When you win some rights, you must know that there's always a potential and a desire by those who are standing on the other side to reverse such. Mm. Uh, There's always a desire that uh, workers must earn as less as possible, whilst workers think that they are are not earning what they think they are worth of. They think that the price or the the, the labor they are selling, the commodity they are selling, this is called labor, is actually worth more than what the buyer is, is, is paying. So that is a continuous struggle to get better working conditions, to to get better benefits, but also to to if ultimately possible to to end the exploitation by one class uh, to another. So that, that 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 for instance, if it was according to employers, workers should be working more hours uh, without with earning less. Workers should be working more uh, days in a, in a in a week or in a month, that and then workers should have less leave. Uh, days, if it was according to to to, to the employers, we, we're talking currently here. We we, we have a labour relations act that guarantees uh, collective bargaining, but we have got employers, even by government, that thinks that uh, we shouldn't have right to sit across the table with our employer and negotiate for our condition of services. So it is important to continuously fight so that uh, we better and protect ourselves. It shouldn't be easy for any employer to wake up in the morning and dismiss a worker. If mm. you listen to employers, if you listen to even some political parties in parliament, they are saying the labor market in this country, the labor laws in this country are too rigid. They make it difficult to hire and fire. Mm. They will want a situation where it, it should be easy for an employer to hire and fire workers at, at, at random. We, we don't think that we have got a, a rigid and strict labor laws enough, but we must protect what we have. But you already know that employers want a, even more relaxed labor laws. So that's why the struggle must continue. Mm. Lastly, what is your brief message to workers uh, ahead of tomorrow? As I've already said, that uh, the brief message is that we, we need to once unite uh, for once because uh, the struggles uh, ahead of us are too huge and uh, no one out there is going to give us what we think we deserve. We had to go out there as workers and grab it. But for the part of COSATO, the main message is going to be given by our president, Comrade Singhisaloza, tomorrow at 10 is going to be speaking to the workers across the country, uh, irrespective of their federation. But indeed, it is a day that we must remember those who came before us and remember that the May Day came as a result of a struggle for for 40-hour for, for working week 
and a eight-day working day, I mean, an eight-hour working day. And therefore, we need to remember even those who lay down their lives in order to make sure that this day it becomes a holiday because it was not a holiday before. Thank you so much, Bra Mike. That's the first Deputy President of the Congress of South African Trade Union, Mike Shingange. Thank you so much and have a happy Workers' Day tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you.